Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. I did not tell him to say that. Um, I am excited to share this morning. I talk, this is what I do every day when I go to work, is speak in front of people, and I actually love it. People ask me that all the time, like, do you really like, enjoy speaking, and I do. It's something that I enjoy, but I think it scares Chad a little bit for me to speak because I'm really honest, and um, sometimes maybe a little too honest, but that's okay. I'm going to just share with you what God has laid on my heart. Um, For the last few weeks during this series, this comeback series, uh, every time I would hear a message about it, I think about one of the people that I share with my classes at school. And if a few of you have been in my classes, and you may remember this story, and it's very inspirational, it's a true story, and it is so, it has become very um, important to me. I think it has a great meaning behind it, and I'm going to share that with you this morning. It's a story of a young boy who was raised by a single mom who could not read. She had to drop out of school in fourth grade to start working, and she was raised in a orphanage, and he began life with a struggle. Um, She got married when she was like 13 years old and to get out of the orphanage, and um, they began life in a struggle, them together. Um, Ben Carson struggled most of his life. Um, He had difficulties himself learning. He felt like he did not have an imagination. He felt like he could not imagine things when they would talk about it, Um, and it was hard for him to develop that. He struggled with it. Um, After years of struggling with education, with being um, in a school that did not appreciate when he finally did develop his learning abilities, um, Ben discovered his imagination in church one Sunday, listening to a missionary tell a story. And that is wonderful to me because I get to take this story into schools and talk about it because his story is so real. Um, He discovered his passion for learning because his mother wanted to learn to read. And luckily, she began working for a professor who had a library full of books. And she noticed one day that his TV was covered with books. And she goes home immediately and tells her sons, from today on, you will read three books a week. And you will write me a book report on each one of those books. And, of course, they weren't very excited, but they began to learn. And Ben discovered he was very smart. Um, And like I said, his school did not appreciate it. So his mom did what a lot of moms do. We're just going to go somewhere else. So she packed him up, moved back to her hometown, and they did appreciate Ben's learning. Ben, after all of these hardships and struggles in life, He graduated high school with a scholarship to Harvard University. 
Um, this boy that did not feel smart, he even says, I'm dumb. I don't have an imagination. And his mom said, oh, yes, you are smart, and you do have an imagination. He also struggled with severe anger issues to the point that it almost ruined him completely. And in that moment, on that day, when that circumstance happened, he did what good little Christian boys do. He ran home and begged God, please, Lord, help me get out of this. How this anger that I'm in, what, how can I get through this? And God began to turn his life around completely. You see, Ben Carson not only went to Harvard, but he later on became a neurosurgeon and was the first neurosurgeon that successfully separated conjoined twins. He also ran for uh, the presidential candidacy in the Republican primaries in 2016 and is now the 17th United States Secretary of Housing and Development. That's awesome. If, if we don't know anything about people in our government, we really sometimes should look into some of their backstories. Like Ben Carson, a friend, introduced me to him when he was running for presidency, and it just really, really was enlightening. His story that I like the most is Gifted Hands. So if you haven't seen that movie, it's a wonderful movie, and you really should pick it up. Um, of course, like I said, this is an incredible comeback story. Ben Carson's story is awesome. He isn't, though, the only person in this story that had a comeback. Um, he always had somebody in his corner, a personal strength for him, someone to spur him on, and of course, that was his mom. She was always the one that was there. She had her own troubles. She, of course, we said we, she couldn't read. She raised two boys by herself. She struggled with severe depression. She had a lot of setbacks throughout her life, but the one thing that she did do was she was a determined mom. She was going to push through and hold on to Jesus and taught her boys to do the same. Um, she knew where strength came from, and she was going to lead them in the best way that she could with the means that she could. And that, to me, reminds me of another story, the story of Naomi and Ruth. Naomi and Ruth, in this story, they begin in Ruth chapter 1. You see Naomi with her two daughter-in-laws because Naomi had lost her husband, and then she lost both sons. So she decided, I have to provide for myself, so what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to my hometown um, of Judah. And so she and her two daughter-in-laws get on the road and they start heading back for this town, and she turns to the daughter-in-laws, and she says, you do not have to come with me. You have families of your own, your mom, dad. Go back to your hometown. But Ruth could not do that. She was determined, I'm going to stay with you. I, I'm going to stay with you till the end, and she did just that. Ruth went with her mother-in-law to her mother-in-law's hometown of Judah. They had lost everything. They had lost their husbands. Of course, like I said, Naomi lost her two sons. Um, they lost their provisions for themselves. They had no way to provide for themselves. And they had to turn things around. So let's pray really quick right here before we get into the message. Jesus, today, I just ask that right now you would give me the words to speak. 
um, that you would help me to understand what you're trying to say to these people um, and that you would just touch each and every one because I know in my heart that you gave these words for someone here. I just thank you so much for this opportunity and I ask that you continue to touch Pastor Tad um, and all those that we have in our body of believers that need you the most. In your precious and holy name, amen. So we're going to talk about comeback stories. And to me, one of the coolest things about comeback stories is this. I learn from everybody around me that's going through a comeback story. I sit with people and am blown away by the struggles that people are going through and how they get through them. And I leave, always apply this to my life, oh Lord. Help me to understand their strength. And I want to just share some small things with you today. Things that I feel like that can help you to get through your comebacks or to get to a place of a comeback story. Pastor Chad says in almost every, every message he's preached recently this statement, what we do in our setbacks determine what we're going to do in our comebacks. If you have not just grasped onto that, you really should. What we do in our setbacks determines what we do in our comebacks. You see, Ruth and Naomi, they were determined. They were going to have a comeback. They weren't just going to stay where they were. It, it wasn't going to be like a happenstance thing to them if they moved forward. Um, they weren't just going to wait around for it to happen. They were going to do something, and this is something I say a lot, and I don't know if it makes sense to you, put feet to it. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Sometimes you got to put feet to it. you got to get going, do something. Um, and that's exactly what happened here. Um, if you look at Ruth in this part, she is the one that really takes hold of the situation once they get back to Judah. Um, the first point is this. Don't just sit back and let things happen. I just said that, and I'm really bad about not just sitting back. Check and ask you, I don't like to sit still. Uh, I don't want to just wait around. I'm like, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Um, and some people might not think that's a positive, but that's just the way I'm geared. And I think that helps me sometimes to get through the things that I'm going through in life. Ruth was that person. She set out to make something happen. She had lost her husband. She was with her mother-in-law in a strange place that was not her own, but she had to continue on. Um, Ruth didn't say much regarding her hurt and her pain in her portion of this story. She simply tells Naomi this, her game plan. In Ruth 2, 2, she says this, I'm going to work. I'm going out to glean among the sheaves, following after some harvester who will treat me kindly. Think about that. She is speaking what is going to happen. Um, it sounds, if she fully believes this too, this is going, someone will help me kindly. She doesn't say, I'm going to glean the fields and, you know, if somebody happens to notice me, she says, when, or she says, who will, someone who will treat me kindly. And I think that's really important. I like Ruth. 
Uh, she knows what she wants. She's going after it. She's not, you know, listening to her mind sometimes that can tell her, maybe it would be better if you just didn't. Man, I've been there. Maybe it would be better if you just, like, pull back the reins a little bit. She said, I am going to work. That's hard. That's hard to do when you're in a place that they were in. Um, Ruth here, not sitting back and not waiting, she is determined. I want to be Ruth. I want to walk in the belief that will happen. This will happen. My faith is not wavered by the world. I can see it, and I'm going for it. It will happen. The second point is this, and when this comes up on the screen, I know my kids, uh, my family members will probably be like, oh, great. Um, the second thing is this. You have to verbalize your thoughts and your feelings. Um, for those of you that have been in one of my classes, that is something I tell people. You've got to talk about it. You've got to say what you're feeling. Um, can I just say, more than 50% of people look at me when I say that like this. And that's like, no, thank you. I don't do that. That's not who I am. But I'm going to tell you this, that it helps. It is hard for a lot of people, but it helps. Um, I've said that statement, verbalize what you think. Tell me what you're, what you're thinking to my students so much. I think they laugh when I start talking about it because they're like, yes, Miss Owens, we'll talk about that. Um, but I believe it 100%. Um, if you're ever around me, you'll probably hear me say it. I probably say too much sometimes. Um, but verbalizing what you feel is a key in getting through life successfully. Saying what you feel, not just to your close family members and, and people that you love, but to God. Um, verbalizing what we are thinking, there's no guessing. There's no wondering what's going on in his mind, what's going on with her today. Um, it's knowing where you stand, putting your feelings out there so people don't have questions, um, and it opens up conversations that need, that need to happen when we want our problems worked out. Um, of course, there's a whole series on that itself. We could just go stay right there, and I could talk forever about that. Um, of course, how to communicate in the right way when we do decide to speak what we want to say. There's a whole another series there. But verbalizing to God and to other people is key. It's important. Saying how you feel and getting out of that bondage sometimes of silence. Um, a lot of times we let that affect us in a way that's not positive. We hold it in. And I'll continue on right here because I'm going to bring that back up in a little bit. So be ready. So we see Naomi in this situation. She handles it completely different. Um, she handles pain differently, her hurt and her bitterness. And that's okay because, remember, our God is a big God and he can handle anything. I think God allows us to see both sides in this story. He allows us to see how one lady 
gets up and begins to work. And that's how she handles her pain. But then he also allows us to see how Naomi deals with her pain. Naomi in Ruth 1, 20 and 21, she says this, Don't call me Naomi, call me bitter. The strong one has dealt me a bitter blow. I left here full of life, and God has brought me back with nothing but the clothes on my back. Why would you call me Naomi? Naomi, God certainly doesn't. The strong one has ruined me. She's devastated. She should be. It's a not good part of life for her. Um, she's struggling. That's okay. God wants to hear her hurt just like he wants to hear her happiness. He wants us to tell those around us, I'm hurting. I need help. Because when we are withdrawn, sometimes it takes so much longer to get through what we're struggling with. When we find a friend, a husband, or a wife, or a daughter, or son, that we can say, here I am. But also say the same thing to God. I am so upset. I am bitter. What are you doing? I don't understand this. And a lot of people are like, that's not my, maybe you shouldn't say, I believe God is a big God. He can handle my problems. Um, I believe that there are many times that we all have felt like Naomi. If you haven't, we'll talk after church. But I feel like there's so many times we're all Naomi. Um, we are saying the things in our heart that are true, real, and honest. Uh, and we have that right to. She had lost everything. But sometimes we get to that place that we're ready, hopefully sooner than others. Sometimes it takes people a little more time to get there. But we get ready to speak out and say, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Enough is enough. And I want to experience the what ifs. What if I allow myself to move forward? What if I allow God to work in me? I want to push on. If I gave God this situation completely, if I spoke to someone who possibly could help, and for a lot of us, that is the comeback in itself, just the beginning. Um, we have to stop looking back sometimes in difficult situations, not to not remember those times, but to be in those times fully and move forward. Every situation is completely different. Every time, just some transparency right here, Every time I speak, even through the weeks with middle schoolers, in my mind, it tells me, like, who are you offending? Is what you're saying hurting someone? Never my intent. I want God to use the things that he drops in my heart to help people to be set free. Sometimes those words are so hard to say. But the love that God has given me for people in general over these last years is something I cannot imagine. And I have a desire to see people 
love God and to live a full life loving Him. And sometimes that is not a fun job to be the deliverer of news that stings. And it's never meant to like be at anybody specific. But I know that God gives you things sometimes that are hard to say and we have to go through. And that's what I want to do this morning and just push through. So sometimes the enemy allows us or wants us rather to be drawn back to that place. Not maybe the place of losing a loved one, but maybe the place of like Naomi and Ruth did, but maybe the places where we were, where we should not have been in life. He's really good at that. Helping us to remember the good times that really weren't so good. Um, he wants to keep us in that place and doesn't want us to be left there and on a new journey with God. Think about it. When you say out loud what you're struggling with, if you've ever tried it, it's wonderful. Um, it can be freeing. Uh, you can hear how it really sounds, and it will help you to determine the, vali the validity of your thoughts about your struggles and whether that you should continue in what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Think about it. There have been times in my life that I have said, like, what I'm mad about, and I'm like, I can't believe I was so mad about that. That was really dumb. Um, and I tell people to do that all the time. Just say it out loud. Sometimes just hearing yourself saying what you're thinking helps you to realize, I've got to move forward. I've got to get past this. Um, I said this before. God is a big God. He can handle it. We should and want to talk to him because he wants to hear us. We're his children. He loves us. In Psalms 34, 17, it says this, When his people pray for help, he listens and rescues them from their troubles. Sometimes I picture God like this. He's just standing up here like, come on, crawl up in my lap. Like I'm waiting for you. Have you ever seen a child, or maybe this has happened to you, because if it has, it's like the most wonderful feeling in the world. You see your child or someone else's child that you love dearly, and you put your arms out, and they run towards you. Wow. I mean, I'm an emotional wreck lately, but that, I don't know, would just blow me over, especially recent, in these recent times. It's a wonderful feeling, and I just imagine that's how God is with us. He's just saying, come on. I want to help you. My arms are open. I'm waiting on you. And when we do that, he helps us defeat what we're going through. He rescues us from our struggles, not always at that moment, because there have been times when the rescue was 35 years down the road. But he does it in his own timing. And he will defeat the struggles and the pain and the suffering. And sometimes it is in such a different way than we ever, ever imagined or expected. When we talk about what we're going through with someone else that loves us and cares for us, like I said, there are no playing, guessing games with what you're going through. Emphasis on games. 
when we're quiet and we use that, that's a very not great place to be in. When we're open and someone knows what the struggle is, guess what? They can help us. But sometimes we don't want to be helped. We want to sit right here. And God wants us to get help and move forward. Um, when you express what you're feeling, verbalize those things, open up to somebody, they can also pray with you. Um, finding that right person, of course, is key. But when you do that, they can pray with you. Being silent allows the devil to work in you, I mean, in your mind, and sometimes he can beat you up. Um, speak out against it. In the name of Jesus, I am not going to be bound by these thoughts and emotions. I'm going to speak out the way I'm feeling and claim in the name of Jesus deliverance over yourself. Um, in Psalms 34, 17, it said this, when his people pray for help, he listens and rescues them for their trouble. If we don't ask for help, we can't receive help. If we're ever going to have a comeback, we've got to think about how we're feeling, speak it out, our frustrations. And we also have to speak out our praise. A lot of times we're really verbal, like Naomi, about how bitter and mad she was, and it just stops there. Um, I was thinking about this when I sent out the text about Miss Kim. I sent out, Miss Kim's having surgery, and then my day was we were going back and forth with different people and I, I told Chad late last night because the day kind of got away with me I didn't send out a follow-up here's the thing God wants our request as much as he, he wants our follow-up as much as he wants our request he wants to hear us say thank you Jesus he wants to hear us praise him He's our parent. How many of you parents want your kids to say, Mom, that was great dinner. Dad, I love the way we played ball today, which that's an awkward statement for a kid to make. Or, um, <laughs> um, I, I love you. How about that? Just the simple, I love you. Those kind of things are what sometimes we withhold. People at my house think I'm probably weird because I say things out loud all the time. My hair fix is right. I'm like, thank you, Lord. And I am not kidding. Um, you know, the simplest things. But I try to talk to Jesus like he is with me because guess what? He is. He's always with us. So if we're going to have a relationship with him, which that's what we believe as Pentecostal believers. I don't know if you knew that we were this Pentecostal church. But that's what we believe. We believe in a relationship with him. And so to have a relationship with someone that I love, I'm going to tell them how I feel. And I'm going to tell them when I'm upset. And I'm going to tell them when I need help. And I begin to tell them, I need prayer. I'm not going to wait around and them see me sobbing and be like, mm, maybe she needs help. I've just decided, haven't I, in the last years to be like, I need you to pray for me. And guess what happens? He prays. It's amazing what opening up can do.
Um, Naomi, she thankfully in this story does remember in the middle of her terrible situation, she remembers to praise him. In Ruth 2.20, Naomi says to her daughter-in-law, Why, God bless this man. God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. He loves us in good times as well as bad. You see, Naomi did what she knew was right. She got up and she went to work, didn't say much about it. This is what I'm going to do. He will recognize me. Well, guess what happened? She was recognized. Not just by like somebody that wanted to be mean. By the person that she requested. A friendly, pull it back up in my notes. She calls him a someone, a harvester who will treat me kindly. And that's what she got. Yesterday, and I hope Lainey doesn't uh, mind me saying this. She was telling me about her new college experiences, and she said, I had been praying for some things in my life. I met a new girl, or actually it was a girl she knew from camp, and they went to eat lunch. And she called me back after it was over, and she said, can you believe? She talked about exactly the things that I was struggling with. She said, even to the point, I'm sorry, Lainey, even to the point that I had said to Hunter, that morning, I wanted to go to this new baguette place in town. And he was like, eh, baguettes. You know, guys, they want like steak, something like that. And she said, as I left, the girl turned to me and said, hey, do you want to try that new baguette place this week? She said, I got in my car, and I called you, and I'm crying. God even cares about what kind of food I want, Mom. <laughs> I said, he does. He absolutely does. He wants to hear his children. Praise him. He wants to hear our requests, and he wants to hear our cries. He is a good God. Um, the last point is this. When we have done all these things, we must continually look at our own lives and give ourselves over to God again and again. Sometimes the things that cause us setbacks are not obvious to us because it's really personal. Um, it's real close to us. And we just keep justifying it over and over and over again. Ouch. I don't like the way that sounds. Here's some things maybe that you've thought I have before. This is just who I am. That's who I am. Um, maybe I just like being comfortable with what I'm doing. This is good. I like this couch. It's real comfy. I'm just going to sit right here and keep doing the same thing. Or this one, and this is probably the hardest one. It's not me. It's everybody else. It's their problem. Ouch. Man, do I, have I went through this myself? Yes. I don't tell people stuff that I usually don't go through because I've went through it and probably still am going through it. Um, in John 10.10, 10, the Bible says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. You see, the devil does not want us to have full life. He wants us to continually be in that place, sitting on that couch, being comfortable, not telling anybody what's going on. Um, he wants us to... 
just keep on going through life. But God really called us here to have a full life. Full. Full of enjoyment and fun and love for others. And love for others. Love for ourselves in a good way. We have to be, in, we have to be healthy. And one of the ways we are is by expressing how we feel and talking it out with other people when we don't want to. I think about it like this. This just hit me yesterday, so I know it's God. Nothing I've thought about ever before in my life. It's like that little splinter. And I, get, I got splinters a lot when I was younger because I was a tomboy and I was outside all the time and still do sometimes. Those tiny little ones, have you ever got one that like it's under the skin and you can see it? It doesn't really hurt, but it's there. And you know it's there, and you probably should just like pick it out, but you're like, eh, I'll do it later. Have you anybody ever gotten splinters like that? Okay, thank you, because I'm like in a world all by myself up here. Um, I have gotten those splinters, and I'm like, eh, eh, it's not a big deal. And you know, the devil, he wants to be like that in our lives. He wants to be there and not be real obvious. Um... That's the way he can work at times, really subtly. Um, it may seem like just a tiny little splinter. It's not really getting in the way, but eventually it starts to fester. And it gets even deeper. Into, and so to get it out, it's a little harder than it was if we would just went whoop and got it out of our skin. Um, we have to examine ourselves if there are things in our life that don't line up with the Word of God, we have to cut them out. Have to. We can't just let them sit and fester because what happens? It grows and we become more comfortable with it. We just continue on. Oh, eh, that's not as bad as I thought it was. I'll just keep doing this. Eh, it's not like I thought that it was. It, it's really okay. Am I hurting you? Are you anybody? I don't mean to be... Just stepping on people's toes because mine are like really sore when I was writing this. Um, I'm not just talking about real bad things. I think a lot of times as Christians we talk about, well, you shouldn't cuss and you don't need to do this and that. Sometimes it is not those bigger things. It's the way we treat people, including our spouses, the way that we discuss others. It's how stubborn we can be and unyielding. It's being harsh and unkind. It's being rude to other people and not showing people grace and mercy. God does not want us to have truth without love. Man, Lord, examine my heart. Psalms 139, 23, 24 says this, Investigate my life, O God, Find out everything about me, and that is super scary. Cross-examine and test me. Give me a clear picture of what I am about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on a road to eternal life. Wow. Examine, cross-examine, and test me. Sometimes what I see in myself does not make me happy. And I am continually having to give that to God. 
Help me not to be harsh today, Lord. Forgive me for being rude. Going back to people, I'm sorry. Did I say something that... I do not want to be an offensive person, and I pray every day, let me be least offended, oh Lord. Sometimes our comeback stories, they're not these headline stories like Ben Carson's. They're not going to be the Naomi and Ruth where they really overcame and God blessed um, Ruth mightily. And it's one of the most important stories in the Bible. Sometimes they are daily life comebacks that no one will ever hear about except for the people you chose to share that with and the Lord. But those comeback stories are the most important things sometimes in our lives. Key, important things in our lives. They are the stories that set you up to be free and then to help someone else. They are God moments that you and myself have struggled with for years. Forever and ever, it seemed like at times. And maybe only a few people will ever recognize it and know. But when God steps in and when we determine talking to him and others about what we're struggling with and looking inward and exposing our, our own issues to the light, he gives us our own comeback story. And I want you to think about it as I close today. What is your comeback story? If you don't mind, Shelby, what's your comeback story? Maybe you've not started. Maybe you're thinking about, well, I've never even thought about some of those things being in my life and that I needed to really walk away from them. Maybe as I'm talking, you're sitting here thinking, no, this is who I am. I'm not going to do these kind of things. Can I tell you? God didn't speak this in my heart to fall on deaf ears. I would not stand here and say something that God had not entrusted me with. The way that I got back from where I was was I had to talk about it. I had to tell people, and I do it all the time, can I be honest and say those people sometimes don't want to hear it? <laughs> but God does. And I have to do what I'm instructed. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. or Wednesdays at 630 p.m. Have a blessed day.